Primary This is the way. What is up, all of you, Ugnots and Jawas out there, and welcome back to a new episode of Mando Talk on our new bi-weekly schedule as we're gearing up for The Mandalorian Season 3, but we are soon going to be doing a weekly schedule for each chapter that comes out during that season to do all of our spoiler discussions and all of those great things. So I say all of that right up at the front to make sure you know to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you are listening on, whether that be YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Wanted to get that plug out there. We are definitely gearing up for Mando 3. And on this episode, we are doing a trailer breakdown and it's not just gonna be me you notice i said we dj foster the co-host is back in the co-pilot seat dj what's up how's it going i am so happy to be here it has been far too long my friend and all of our friends and listeners online and throughout the world and whatever i don't know where you are hello the galaxy you, you ugnots and jawas <laughs> you know it's just it's good to be you know i i get to talk star wars with my family and a handful of friends but you know it's just this is different mando talk hits different i'm yeah. i'm i'm proud of the work i've been a part of with mando talk and proud to be back and just excited to talk about you know, some some episode rewatches, some uh, brief news. I mean, it feels like it's full swing, honestly. It's yeah, kind of I mean, it feels like it's back in the day already. We're home, you know. Mando yeah. talk is home. It's <laughs> it's Mandalorian galore right yes. now. And, oh, and we've man, got it's nuts. It's we've nuts. got the Bad Batch coming out right now, which by the way, I'm st- I still haven't watched episode four and we're at we're a day after its release, so I'm definitely struggling on that. Uh, but uh episodes one through three were fantastic of the Bad Batch. We got that going for us. Yeah, but Bad yeah, Batch is good. Admittedly, I'm already looking ahead. I got—I can't lie. I'm already looking ahead to well, the Mandalorian. Well, it's no. Everybody, I think, is looking ahead. I mean, even Star Wars today, updating their cover photos, releasing, right. <laughs> releasing the season three directors, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. I mean, so they're—they're they're already like we—we we gave you this, <laughs> and we know you like this, but we all know what you really want. Right. So it's like the appetizer, you know. Yeah. It's, like the, perfect, it's like the. It's like the 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 mozzarella sticks before the before the burger or something i don't yes, know yes yeah <laughs> mozzarella I, I sticks speak, pretty good pretty i good. speak bar food language yeah i love me some mozzarella sticks there you go all right well we're gonna serve up some mozzarella sticks on this podcast episode before we get to the burger that is the trailer i'm already losing it before we get to the trailer breakdown <laughs> oh man whatever your that was too good yeah. <laughs> When it comes to the segues, we've always been on point, I feel like. That's a good thing. But I will, yeah, this is definitely your appetizer uh, before the entree. (laughs) Entree, I'm not French, but um, I don't understand French language anyway, so (laughs) I don't even know why I'm trying, but you're so tickled over there. It's great. (laughs) Oh, man. 
Yeah, but hit us with the director's we, list, DJ. <laughs> all right, let's just move right into this. This is our only news piece. The only thing we're going to talk about that is news, and this is breaking for well, as of right this moment, as of this recording, about an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Um, about an hour ago, around yeah, it's actually approaching two hours actually. But we Star Wars uh, released the Mandalorian season three director's list. Uh, who we can expect, and I like this because. There's been so much speculation over the last two seasons and even Book of Boba Fett as to who was directing what. And I think that this is great because I think Obi-Wan set a precedence to say, okay, who's directing all the episodes? Well, um, you get one director for Obi-Wan and she's doing all of them, Deborah Chow. Mm -hmm. And um, this time we've got exactly, you know, who's doing what. So let's get into it. We got first off Lee Isaac Chung. And we had to do a quick Google search on him because I didn't recognize the name. And from what I can tell by just like, again, a brief Google search, he's most notable for being a part of the upcoming Twister sequel called Twisters. So, which I've already heard a lot of jokes on the internet about that anyway. Mm. Um, Just, okay, there's two of them, but that doesn't mean anything. He may blow us away. He may be the best episode of the whole season. We don't know. So got him coming down down the line. Rick Famuyiwa is back pumped about that one the third time third season or did he just do season one i believe he also directed one and two can't remember though yeah, i can't, can't remember. remember either but he's back and i mean we i love rick he, his his takes on star on not just star wars but on mandalorian are just incredible very mm-hmm. much enjoyed him bryce dallas howard my favorite director of all of the mandalorian um and i think maybe she did a book of boba i can't remember um she's yaddle I mean, come on. You know, she's she's Jedi now. And which that means canonically her voice is in Phantom Menace, regardless of what anybody says. I love that. <laughs> but she's back. We're gonna be discussing her season two episode here in just a moment. We so are we got we got that going on. Then we have Rachel Morrison, or maybe it's Rochelle. I don't know. Somebody correct us what it is, but Rochelle Morrison had to do a quick Google search on her. Now, her background is primarily cinematography. And I think that's really cool. But some of the notable movies that she's done, Fruitville Station, which was a Michael B. Jordan film that came out a few years before the first Creed movie, which uh, I haven't seen it. I remember working at the movie theater when it came out. Mm. Uh, at the time, I was I didn't really know who Michael B. Jordan was. And I think I need to probably go back and rewatch this movie because I have heard good things about it. Um, she's also cinematographer on 2018's Black Panther, the first one. I think that's the first one. Yeah, first one. Um and then also, this is, I think, how she got the job with Mandalorian. She was a cinematographer on the movie Dope, which is a Rick Famuyiwa movie. So mm-hmm. this is now, let me just say this. Her style works with Star Wars, I think. If you've even just seen Black Panther, it works. So th- there's that notably. But she got the job through Rick, clearly, because he directed he directed Dope. Yeah. So. So this is 100% a case of it's not what you know necessarily, but it is who you know. Mm-hmm. And that's not always a bad thing. I mean, she, no, may, definitely not. she may come out here and just blow us away. Good example well, and, of it. And ahead. what we've seen from her looks looks pretty good. So yeah, show us what you got. I'll, show us what you got. I'll even, I'll even make a note on this, kind of a different thing. So the movie Big with Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. um, the cinematographer or director of photography, one of the two, um, that individual – ended up directing all three men in black movies. Mm. So it's a good example of seeing how one job like this could lead you to something different. And 
that's filmmaking. That's filmmaking 101. So um, that, that's really cool. Then we have five, uh, the last two, um, Peter Ramsey, who I did not do a Google search on. Um, but Co-director of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the first animated film oh, well, of those. I think that speaks for itself. Also, also he's news reported to be directing some at least one Ahsoka episode. Okay. Well, then, I mean, that's great because he, he clearly brings a certain style to Spider-Man that Sony wanted. Mm-hmm. And I have not heard one person hate on Into the Spider-Verse. No, not at all. The internet or in person. I mean, everybody loves that movie. So Mm -hmm. we got that. And then last but certainly not least, Carl Weathers returning for to act and direct for the second time. He didn't direct the first season, I don't think. Correct, but yes, that he and then he did direct an episode of season two, the Navarro episode. I think he directed his episode. Yeah, Yeah. which I remember thinking that that was it. He was gonna he was gone Mm -hmm. after that. I remember thinking, okay, this is it for. Grief Carga, and that's it. But um, so he's back. Those are our directors for season three. We got two, four, six of them. I mean, unless um, there's only six episodes, which I don't think there will be. Uh, I I imagine there will be eight because that's what we've traditionally received yeah, for sure. So no, I that fully means expect probably a couple I, repeats, maybe. No, definitely, I fully expect eight chapters for season three i would expect as far as maybe someone that gets multiple bryce dallas howard i would easily say yes for sure it's, yeah i, would I think as far as this entire list her name stands out to me at this point because every episode she touches is golden i yes. mean obviously rick famawaya as well is yeah. everything he touches with with the mandalorians golden i believe his episode from season one was like the deepest character study of din Djarin that we got which has me stoked because that's that's really the big reason why i'm looking forward to season three is because it looks like you know obviously i loved all the big reveals from season two but mm-hmm. I, I want kind of that deep character study that that study of, of mandalorian yeah. culture and, and famawaya just gets it and yeah carl weathers i mean he's the legend so yeah those three names obviously are the ones that that really stand out to me, and and those are the three that I would expect. If any of them get multiple, it'd be one of those three, if not a few of them. I think I'm on the same boat. I, if there are eight episodes, like we assume, mm. I'm betting Rick and Dal- and Bryce Dallas will get uh, the repeats. Yeah, um, it wouldn't be the first time Rick's had a repeat because he did two in season one. He did um, the Jawa episode, and then he also did the um, the the jailbreak episode as well right in yes. season one and um i think those are two polarly different episodes they, they're still mandalorian but you know they're they're so oddly different and specific and all mm-hmm. kinds of this you know and and so i think he'll probably get a repeat because he's already had a repeat and then if you yeah. look at bryce dallas you know she did season two and season one and then she also did an episode of book of boba so at this point, which was a Mandalorian episode, which was like the Mandalorian episode of Book of Boba. Right. We didn't so see Boba she, Fett once, I don't think, in that episode. I don't think that, yeah, I think that was the one where he didn't show up at all. So we've got a, a, a seasoned Mando expert here, mm-hmm. and I would I would be shocked if she didn't, you know, go for five here. For sure. Um, so that's our list of directors for season three. Um, let us know what y'all think about that. Any other opinions or thoughts? You can direct them at Mando Talk or at Rebel Scum Texan. That is me. And um, we'll just, just and then we've got Discord. We got all kinds of stuff. So yeah, we got um, it all. 
being we got it all <laughs> links looking, in the description for all yeah, that great be stuff looking for all that so to get in on the conversation and comment down below in the video and whatever else absolutely absolutely the only other thing i'll add to that is am i slightly bummed to not see favreau or filoni directing an episode maybe but that's okay we've gotten plenty of stuff from them before and ahsoka you know it Filoni's going to get his shot there. Favreau's, like I said, gotten plenty of shots. So I'm well, excited I mean, to get this, is this new Favreau, list. Is Favreau still the showrunner for Mando? I think so. Yeah, I would be. I mean, I don't doubt so. that he. I don't doubt that he's not. You yeah. know, I'm pretty sure he is. But I mean, I also have my own like thoughts as to what Favreau and Filoni might be doing behind the scenes at Lucasfilm right now, mm. which are not a part of this particular news piece at all. Sure. <laughs> and I'll leave it that way for now. But. Uh, I, I expect certain things to transpire with them, and mm. that might not be why they are on the director's list for this season. But you never know. I mean, John maybe have something coming down the pipe we have no inclination True. about. We know Dave's doing um, Ahsoka mm -hmm. and getting that, you know, kind of finalized. So he he's busy. I don't think he's got time for Amanda. Yeah, well, regardless, we'll fill both of their presences on for each sure. of these chapters. They, they've sure. each influenced all of them in, in their own way. So, there is that one big news piece that kind of dropped that is Mandalorian-focused, so definitely we needed to talk about that because, I mean, heck, we got to know who the creators are behind Season 3 as we're gearing up for it. Now let's kind of transition into our Mando rewatch that we've been doing. Last episode, we did specifically just Chapter nine the premiere of season two so we're, we are playing kind of catch up here we've got three mandalorian episodes that we're going to run through chapter 10 11 and 12 uh but to keep it kind of concise i do have uh some things here that i've got typed out here we're going to try to keep it as focused because i know we definitely want to get to that trailer breakdown and discuss that in full detail with you and, and make sure we don't overlook any of that stuff so let's start with season two chapter 10 titled the passenger so here are some things that i noticed as i was watching this one and dj at any point just interject let me know what you think of each of these bullet points uh, and unless you just don't have anything to add to it number one I really get the sense that this chapter is designed to have the viewer recognize key character development points of our two main characters, Din Djarin and Grogu. For Din, this episode reminds the audience of his willingness to help people and species once you kind of tug at his heartstrings a little bit. Din Djarin had a personal motivation to help Cobb Vanth in Chapter 9 as far as getting Boba Fett's armor from him, but he really had no reason to help Frog Lady out once the Razorcrest kind of suffered some damage. So... Other than that, you know, it was just, like I said, deep character study as far as, you know, just getting to see inside the heart a little bit of Din Djarin. You just got to tug at his heartstrings a little bit. He'll kind of respond. Uh, it was once Din listened to Frog Lady, he felt sympathy and started to act on his desire to help others. I hope that this is a character detail that carries over into Season 3, as I believe it's such a valuable lesson to be shared throughout Star Wars, uh, that, you know, we should help people. We should help people that are in need, and I like that being portrayed here with Din Djarin. So there's Din Djarin's takeaways from this chapter. DJ, anything you want to add to that before I point out Grogu's? Personally, I wasn't looking at characters things as much as I was kind of focusing on just the visuals and the mm. things that I was reminded of about what it made me excited about that episode. And when it first came out, yeah. um, the, the ice spiders was a big detail, obviously. Um, 
the you know we the razor crest rundown gets its soundbite from this episode <laughs> yes, so it does. you know it's that yeah it's one of those um things for me that i just was really kind of digging into it's like oh this is it was cool to see x-wings you know and it was cool like because i don't we saw x-wings in season one but they didn't like do what they did here and that that was it was different it kind of was more fun it was better however you want to say it but yeah um i think for this episode just it reminded me a lot of things and it was kind of funny I, uh, I don't work too far away from where uh, my parents live and my mom keeps my daughter during the day. So m- me and my wife can go to work. And um, so about four o'clock is kind of when I usually wrap up my day. And uh, I was just turn turn on the episode, just kind of you know, quick little rewatch and Grogu's kind of waddles over to Mando at one point to give him a hug and he picks him up. And I was uh-huh. like, all right, pause. I'm gonna go see my kid real quick. So I <laughs> yes. left. I yeah. left. It was, I, it was the first time I've watched the Mandalorian. It was like, got it and left to go see my daughter for like a half second and And then came right back that's something that i've noticed too you know now that that we've had our own son um re-watching these episodes like that's another reason why i'm super excited for season three is because i now get to view it through that lens of Mm -hmm. din jarn really is treating grogu like his child yeah Yeah, i can't wait for that experience it's it's going to be quite the emotional journey i'm sure for me personally for sure yeah so beyond all that, you know, I, I appreciated just kind of the heartstring tugs, like you mentioned. Yeah. Beyond that, you know, that those are my those are the big things for me and the passenger. Okay. All right. Well, just real quickly, as far as the passenger go, goes for Grogu, we see that his curiosity and personality is going to begin to shine, and Din <laughs> is going to have his hands full with him. Uh, he's eating frog eggs, eating spiders, back talking Mando a little bit, all of these different things. Uh, it's only in due time that he begins talking and really expressing how he feels. Will it be season three was the question that I had. Are we actually going to hear Grogu speak? Based off the trailer that we've now gotten, I don't think we're there yet still. What do you think? For him speaking? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I Finale. don't... Finale. I don't know. I don't Maybe. know. Because, like, if he says anything, it's got to be, like, notable. And, like, something mm-hmm. that, like, if his first words are something like, this is the way... Oh, no, that would be corny, wouldn't it? I mean, well, would it? I mean, <laughs> no, I don't know. It, it would depend on how it plays. <laughs> it, and it maybe if it's not that, he might say his own name, yeah. or I don't think he'll say something like "May the Force be with you." You Din? know, but Dad, uh, Dad, Din, Mando, you know, mm. grief, um, Cara Dune. Now she won't say that. Uh, <laughs> what happened to Cara Dune, Dad? <laughs> oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> uh, no, that won't happen. But. Um, yeah, I don't know if I think he'll speak or not. Um, yeah. I will. I do. Uh, you said Grogu, and I was immediately reminded of the egg controversy that was this episode. Right. I know. I mean, I, know. It, I think now I'm looking. I'm actually on Wikipedia because I went over here to see who directed all these episodes, mm-hmm. and because um, I, I didn't couldn't remember if if Rick Famuyiwa did. He he did direct one in season two, uh, okay. chapter fifteen. But um, I, I'm sitting here looking at it and just laughing because all I can figure is it was the middle of the pandemic and we had nothing better to talk about. <laughs> like what else was going on in 2022? Boom or 2020? Boom! Here's some egg controversy and yeah. it's ridiculous. But yeah, back to the back to the main road here. No, I don't think he'll talk. Yeah, but I'm in the same boat. I, I think we're eventually. I, mean, I think we're eventually going to get there. Yeah, but uh, I don't see it season three yet. Not yet, unless it's I'd like be, the final moments. Of I the think season. what would be really cool is if season three 
is the last season of Mandalorian, and then they just switch it all over to, okay, your next Star Wars trilogy is the Mandalorian trilogy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like that. I think the world would just be like, yeah. You huh. know, I think we'd all go nuts if that happened. But that would yeah. be wild. They that would they be wild. They, and then at the end no, of the first won't. movie, that's when he talks. That'd be hmm. fun. That would be fun. That would be fun. Unlikely, okay but would Unlo- be fun. Oh, very <laughs> let's not get get our hopes up with that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next chapter, season two, chapter eleven, titled "The Heiress." Mm. Din Djarin meets Bo-Katan, and his quote-unquote way is truly challenged for the first time, and learns he is a child of the Watch, or at least. I don't know. Does he learn that, or does we as a viewer learn that from Bo speaking? It, it, it might be that way. I, I can't remember specifically. Yeah, I, uh, I rewatched that part, and yeah. um, and she kind of does reveal it to him because he's okay. like he he kind of comes at it blindsided, like you took your helmet off. And he goes, "There's only one way." Mm-hmm. When when she mentions they wanted to return to the ancient ways, mm-hmm. and he's like, "No, there's only one way." And then he flies off all angry and. Not happy that they just right. saved his life. So. But, you know, well, like a teenager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it's safe to imagine that that Din will continue to be challenged on which side of this Mandalorian divide he should fall on mm-hmm. in this upcoming season. Should he choose the adapted lifestyle led by Bo, or should he stay loyal to the Death Watch, a group that raised him and taught him everything he knows? Of course, that's the internal struggle that he's going to have to deal with. Bo reveals her intentions of retaking Mandalore, and it is clear this is a continued goal of hers in the upcoming season. We know this based off of trailers alone. Another important reveal in this episode is the fact that Bo is the one who eventually leads Din Djarin to Ahsoka. Clearly... Bo and Ahsoka's relationship, at the minimum, is still a working relationship. It's still at least intact. So I would love to see them reunite either in Mando 3 or at least the Ahsoka series. I'm not sure if it would happen in the Ahsoka series with the two characters currently having two completely different motives. Ahsoka's worried about Thrawn and Ezra, and Bo's worried about Mm -hmm. taking over Mandalore and things like that. So I don't know how Bo could play into an Ahsoka show, but I could, I guess, if they want to keep doing this Mandoverse thing, I could still see Ahsoka playing into Mando 3, but I would still love to see them live-action portrayals meet each other or come face-to-face. Yeah, I mean, the live-action portrayals certainly do need to meet at some point. I think that it would give a great symmetry to what's already there from Clone Wars Season 7 and, Mm -hmm. I guess, elements of Rebels. I don't think they ever actually come face-to-face in Rebels, but... You know, I think it, it's deserving. I think it'd be a good fan service thing, and and I mean that not in a in a negative way. I think fan, some fan service is good, you mm-hmm. know, and to do that for the Clone Wars fans would be perfect. Um, I don't expect to see Ahsoka much in this season, though. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm thinking think that it, I'm not. I'm thinking that they'll hold off on her. But, you know, I, yeah. I was wrong. I thought that with the book of Boba Fett, and here, there we were. <laughs> yeah, man, we we I remember that we were just you know shooting a shotgun out there trying to figure out <laughs> oh dengar will be in it and bosk will be in it right. you know we're just going down and then yeah. none of them were in it it's like oh i mean it was okay you know but whatever yeah, yeah well there was cha- those were the big chapter 11 takeaways as far as a rewatch goes preparing for season three so let's go ahead and get to the last one for this rewatch segment for this for this episode uh season two chapter 12 the siege mm-hmm. during the classroom session on navarro that grogu is attending the protocol droid says in the background that Chandrilla is the capital of the New Republic. 
By yeah. the time we get to The Force Awakens, Hosnian Prime is now the capital. So my question is, what happened? Will that be explored in The Mandalorian Season 3? And after I, you know, did that, I did some further research and learned that it is actually answered in a novel that the New Republic moves around based on who the political leader is at the time. So Interesting. with Chandrilla being, you know, the location, I'm assuming that it's Chancellor Mon Mothma or, or whatever. But then yeah. by the time we get to the sequel trilogy, it's someone different, and that's why it's now on Hosnian Prime. But that easily could be explored. Uh, and I'm assuming and that I'll you know, I'll save I'll save my thoughts on that when we get to the trailer breakdown. Because there's something in the trailer that you know, that heavily teases this idea of where the capital of yeah. the New Republic is at the moment. But regardless, I do think now that we've seen that shot in the trailer, I do think this whole capital of New Republic situation is going to be explored a little bit. But what do you think, DJ? And, and well, again, we'll hold off on, you know, specifically talking about the trailer moment for right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't expect to get any kind of exploration of Chandrilla or Chandrilla or however... Mm -hmm. I guess it depends on if you're British or not, how you say it. Because I know in Andor, Chan, Mothet, Chan, whatever. they say Chandrilla. Chandrilla. It's something very like British sounding, and I'm a little redneck-ish, so I can't like, you know. Really? Yeah, yeah really. Rebel scum Texan? Really? <laughs> I, got, I got a little redneck in me. I was, weirdly enough, I was like, man, I want to go ride a four-wheeler. I was thinking that to myself yesterday, and I don't, <laughs> I don't own one, and I know someone who does. I'm like, I want to hit Josh up, see if I can just ride around. Anyway. There you go. Shout out Josh and your four wheeler. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, no, I, I don't expect that, but I do think you're onto something, but for Ahsoka, because mm. Ahsoka is playing with rebels a lot. You know, we, we yeah. know, we know everybody from rebels is pretty much coming back. I mean, mm. I, shoot force ghost Canaan while we're at it, go ahead. <laughs> I don't care. You know, and that'd be cool. And, and maybe Freddy we'll roll. Maybe we'll we will uh, world between worlds him and pull him back in like we did Ahsoka. I mean, I'm probably not because he almost did in, in Rebels. But hey, you know it could happen. But regardless of that, um, yeah, I think that there's there's some good things that could happen there mm -hmm. where you know Ahsoka goes and talks to Mon Mothma in in the Ahsoka mm -hmm. series. I, I think that makes more sense there than here. Um, but there's no problem with you know the little Easter egg there because having Chandrilla as the capital of the New Republic is perfect because we're not far removed from Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense that Mon Mothma would be the natural leader. Um, right. I can so I can totally see Leia saying no, I don't want to do that, and mm -hmm. it, and maybe she's the successor to Mon Mothma. Maybe that's mentioned in a novel leading up to Force Awakens. I don't know. I'm not I'm right. not a I'm not real good at the Star Wars novels, unfortunately. I'm so. I don't. Yeah. I don't know at what point Leia bounces out of the political landscape of it all because obviously by the time we get to the sequel, she's no longer in any political mm -hmm. form or or position. So maybe, may, maybe she influences those future steps at some point in I this do, Mandoverse. I do know that that Leia. It's found out on a very public scale. Right, she the, is the daughter of Darth Vader. Darth Vader, and it but, that causes some issues. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think that she was the chancellor. No, I don't think so either. No, okay. definitely not. Yeah, definitely I think not. So. Okay, um, that'd be. Something. But you know, I do think, regardless, though, if we you know get get to explore this whole capital of New Republic or whatever, they are going to have to address it at some point in this Mandoverse, whether that be Man Mandalorian, Ahsoka, whatever. They're going to have to address the political landscape if they want to make just like the Clone Wars animated series did for the prequel trilogy, if they want to make the political landscape of the sequel trilogy 
play better, I think yeah. they'll they'll explore it a little bit in this Mandoverse. I, I think that they've already done that to some degree. If you look yeah. at season one, I was I really this is something I picked up in um, the rewatch of uh, the Passenger, but you have in season one they try to you know spring someone from jail, but in the process, a new republic you know person dies. And, um, and that's, you know, killed by whoever I can't remember I saw the girl with the knife. I can't remember her name, but, um, then you fast forward to season two and we have the chase scene right before the chase scene happens with the X-Wings and the razor crest. Mm-hmm. They're like, didn't you, we have, we right. have footage yeah. of you on this, you know, you know, this, this ship that's a jail that's floating in space. Did, was that you? And then he's gone, you know? And then at the end of the episode, he's like, we'll let you slide since you put three others in, in prison. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and it's kind of like, there's this ongoing thing that happens to Mando where he keeps having this run in because mm-hmm. of the thing he did in season one. It's kind of like in star Wars, the original trilogy, the underlying plot is Han and Jabba. Mm-hmm. So like, it's like in Mandalorian, the underlying plot is he did this thing one time and it keeps following him, right. even though he lost his ship, got a new ship in book of Boba and you know they're still kind of after them and mm-hmm. there no doubt that'll play into this this next season i've got thoughts on some of that so. too so, so that's yeah. my political landscape for mandalorian a little drawn sure. out to to say but that's what i think the political landscape looks like here and now for season three yeah i i definitely agree agree that uh we got some things going on with that for sure yeah. <laughs> well continuing on here fin- finishing out chapter 12 the squad in this episode of Din Djarin, Grief Karga, and Cara Dune, and the Mithral stumble upon signs of what many in the fan base, including me, obviously, believe to be the early creation of Snoke. Another important thing of note is the two workers in this room attempting to destroy any evidence of what they were working on before being killed. Uh, there was something on the screen. I, I tried. I played it over over and over and over and over again before they just shoot it and then they get killed there was something on the screen but i couldn't make out what it was um that was the important thing to note if the mandalorian season three is leaning more into the mandalorian culture and that brewing battle between the two sides of mandalore i'm not sure we will get further expansion on this whole snoke thing in this upcoming season it is maybe starting to feel like that could turn into the ahsoka stuff I think it's going to become more clear very early on in The Mandalorian Season 3, though, as far as are we exploring this here or are we exploring it elsewhere. At the end of this episode, we see Captain Carsa make his pitch to Cara Dune that he's noticing something going on, but the core worlds don't see it, and he could use her help. I'm still very convinced that this was the setup for Rangers of the New Republic, but now that that series doesn't seem likely at all, I could easily see those New Republic plot points integrated into this Season 3, and obviously, this is going to be without that character of Cara Dune. And I think Carson, Captain Carson's taking that role, which honestly has me pretty stoked. I think uh, that's he's great. And I do think it's better because he's a better mm-hmm. performer. And quite frankly, I, I think he might at the end of the day be a better character when it's all said and done. I did. I did love the character of Cara Dune. I'm not going to lie. I love the idea mm-hmm. of, you know, a former soldier from Alderaan with all of yeah. his past uh, tension and stuff that she's gone through, I'm I was bum- I'm bummed that we're not getting Cara Dune. But again, we're we're not going to dive into the reasons why of, of that. But I do think, regardless, the New Republic stuff that was going to be in that show, I do think it's going to be sprinkled in season three and just things throughout. And I think we've kind of touched on that as far as our ideas on the political landscape of 
the Mandoverse and Mando Season 3 moving forward. Any final thoughts on that or Chapter 12, The Siege, DJ? I have a what-if scenario for you. Okay. Um, so Carson Tiva here, um, and I, I agree with you, he is, I think, a more compelling character than Cara Dune was. Mm-hmm. Not because I didn't dislike Cara Dune. It was just I understand why we have that character in the first two seasons, and I think that she was – definitely necessary for the first not so sure about the second um but for for the third season and what they were going to try to do with rangers what if carson tiva instead of like we know rangers is off the table it's gone it's not happening yeah i think so too what if um and this this is the what if scenario what if instead of rangers they will take carson's stuff and he's like hey i'm seeing stuff in the outer rim like you mentioned the new Republic's not taking, you know, note of it. There's issues. They need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, Leia splits, not splits, but splits from the new Republic and the resistance comes about. Mm-hmm. What if Carson Tiva is the seed planters of, of the resistance? That would be certainly and cool. Very and, and, cool. <laughs> and going back to not because i know he's at the end of this episode but going back into the earlier part of this episode they're in the imperial base they see what look like little snokes growing in tubes and all that stuff because i'm actually of that opinion too i i think i can't think yeah. of any other reason uh, bad batch season one really helps me feel like that's what they're doing mm-hmm. there so you know i think that that's part of it but they they mentioned something and again i'm on wikipedia and that it right flat out says they discovered that the base is being used as a laboratory um to conduct experiments with the child's blood which they say has a quote m a high m count which can only mean midichlorians right so if the dark side could manipulate the midichlorians to create life snoke snoke <laughs> you know it's it's not that hard so i think we have seeds of snoke being planted in season two and in bad batch season one Mm -hmm. and then we also have potentially this is pure speculation resistance seeds being planted in season three because of Mm. carson tiva Mm -hmm. and i am i am like that idea i'm pulling from the trailer that just came out sure naturally well and and now that i'm thinking about it you know we just mentioned what carson says here to Takara saying, you know, the core worlds aren't doing anything about this. It makes perfectly sense with his dialogue in the trailer that we're fixing to get to as far as, you know, it's going to be too late by the time y'all do anything. So as far as him delivering that line, yeah, he he certainly has some motive to kind of break away and and be part of this resistance idea at least. Absolutely. I love that. But let's get into the trailer. All right, let's let's kind of walk through the uh, trailer frame by frame. Um, I got some takeaways, of course. I got some some things to discuss to kind of lead this discussion. But we're gonna just you know have it open, see where this conversation goes. Maybe we just get into the minute details. Maybe we start speculating for season three. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But regardless, I think we're ready. DJ, are you ready to run through this trailer? I am currently, yeah, finding the trailer on YouTube. Okay, that is probably I, smart. And I, because I'm a scrub and pull up in the first place. Um, <laughs> let me. I don't want to. I want to go to the official Star Wars Twitter, and uh, not Twitter, YouTube, because uh-huh. I want to respect the. Sure. Uh, Give them the view. The views. Okay. <laughs> and wow, that was really loud in my ear hole. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that did not. It killed me just then. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I'm. I'm ready. Okay. Well, we kickstart the trailer. On a rocky terrain, 
focused on the silhouettes of many Mandalorians, followed up by a close-up shot of them kind of pounding their chest and looking at one another. It's almost like Din Djarin is either giving them a monologue, kind of like as a lesson, or they're hyping up for battle. I'm not really sure which one's going on there. What do you think on that take, DJ? I think that this is... um, So, quick plug, okay? Uh, Over, I'm Rebel Scum Text on Reddit as well. Mm. I took the two Mandalorian trailers and put them into what I believe is chronological order. Although I did fudge a couple spots, um, and we'll talk we'll talk about those spots here in a little bit. But I think that this uh, happens later on after he um, is saddled up with R four or R five D four. I see, yeah. And I think that he goes to find the Mandalorian cohort, mm-hmm. and I think that this is him finding the cohort mm-hmm. and um, the whole chest pounding thing, which I did involuntarily the first time I watched this trailer. <laughs> They did it, and I just went like that, and I was like, I'm such a <laughs> dork. But um, And it was in the middle of the Cowboys game, too, so I was just kind of like, what is going on? <laughs> um, which that was a whole adventure in and of itself, too. But um, I really think that this is just him discovering them, and the shot where they do that is in response to something he or the armorer says. You know, I just got an idea, too. You know, Uh-oh. what if them pounding their chest is in response to Din Djarin saying, look, I got this darksaber. Show me respect, and they pound their chest in response yeah. to it. It's almost yeah. like a bending of the knee kind of situation. Of mm-hmm. you're our leader, let's kiss do the, this. Kiss the ring. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Which here we are. I'm super nerdy. I tried to zoom in on the poster they released for season three, and I don't see the dark saber on his. On I did. His waist. I did that too, and it's not there. I think that they just. What's going on? I don't think he carries it all the time. Really? Well, I mean, he cut his leg open with it in Book of Boba. True. So, but, like, you he, know, he may not feel comfortable wielding it yet, and yeah. he can't just flaunt. I don't think he should flaunt it because okay. he doesn't fully understand the power that comes with even right. having it in his possession. Right. I mean, Darth Maul once owned that thing. Okay, let's mm-hmm. just take that into consideration true. for a second. So, I don't think that he wants to flaunt the power. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely um, not. That's not Din Djarin, for sure. Yeah, so I think that he doesn't have it. He's just kind of like got a little special place for it on his yeah. M1, and he just kind of leaves it there. Or well, maybe it's maybe it's inside R5-D4, and he'll shoot it out of shoot his it dome. Out. Like, that would be so cool. <laughs> that would be so great. That would be awesome. Um, well, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of really like that whole dark saber idea as far as them pounding their chest. That would be so that cool. That would be cool. Would be I cool. would get so yeah. many chills, like, man. If he's just like, <laughs> and they're all just like... Yeah, it's like that'd be that'd be pretty dope. Yeah, this is the way. Yeah, this that would be way. fantastic. Well, while these shots are shown, Dinjarin begins his monologue that I just alluded to by saying, "Our people are scattered like stars in the galaxy." Din then asks, "What are we? What do we stand for?" As we get the familiar shot of Dinjarin emerging from a cave, surrounded by those fellow Mandalorians. So yet again, it looks like at least they are going to begin to be brothers in arms and and going up against something so he's gained their respect in some way uh, i don't know if they have a if he has a past with these mandalorians or if they are just new people that he's just immediately kind of gained favor of i guess yeah the bright colors on this armor really remind me of sabine mm-hmm. and so i could potentially see maybe sabine's kind of got her own little clan going on man there's so many so, so many like groups that we could 
that yeah. we could potentially see with yeah. this. It's insane. I don't want to speculate too crazy on that because I just yeah. it's just a thought. Like just because they're colorful doesn't mean they're with Sabine. Right. Yeah. You no. And, and I don't. I don't think it's likely because I think they will hold off for Sabine until Ahsoka for sure. So I don't really. If what I just said is okay. True. I got you. I got you. Yeah. 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 All right, well, continuing on here then, we got Din Djarin and Grogu are traveling in Din's newly acquired N1 by Lightspeed, and when we cut to Grogu chilling in the N1, Din Djarin says the quote, being a Mandalorian is not just learning about how to fight, you also have to know how to navigate the galaxy. That way you'll never be lost. Now, I did take to Twitter, at Talk, by the way, follow follow us on Twitter, at Talk, to kind of give my opinion on that quote. It might not be right, but I could easily see Din Djarin just fully embracing this idea of Grogu being his foundling in this season, finally. And now that Grogu's made this commitment of, I don't want to be with Luke Skywalker, I would rather be with Din Djarin, maybe at this point, Din Djarin is going to train or teach Grogu how to be Mandalorian, and maybe this is just some wisdom that he's passing on to Grogu in a conversation. What do you think of that idea? I don't see why that wouldn't be the case. I think we're heavily alluding to Grogu kind of doing his own trial by fire. I think about 300, the movie 300, Mm -hmm. where you got Leonidas fighting the wolf at the beginning of the movie. You know, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but Grogu kind of has his moment where he, it's his mud horn moment, if you will. Yeah. And he kind of, he kind of does his own thing. I think, you know, there's an element of, of, of uh, a Spartan, um, upbringing here with the Mandalorians Mm -hmm. and Din is kind of playing into that where he he trained with Luke he got a little Jedi training great that's awesome but it makes sense that because he's from the Mandalorian he's kind of his son in a way it makes sense to kind of just turn the page and say let's teach you to be a Mandalorian um because even even Din said it's it's not uh Mandalore is not a planet or a people it's a creed you know, what, however that line yeah. goes. And so I think the creed, teaching the creed for growth. It's not a place, his, it's a people or, yeah, or something like that. It, yeah, creed is does, in there too. It, it's he some, does say yeah. it's a creed. Right, but, right. But I think that teaching the creed to Grogu is more important to him than not teaching it. Right, 100%. Um, and I think that's a big, big element of this as well. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. All right, well. I think well, that there are things there, like you said, that, yeah, he's going to try to really, you know, I hope so. I really hope so. Because that alludes to the, you know, the whole deep Mandalore study that mm-hmm. that I want. And I know we keep getting, I just, I can never get enough. I feel like yeah, I'm always going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as they're doing the show, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's going to continue to be a desire to want to know more. Yeah. That's just plain and simple. And, Absolutely. And, and, and the show hasn't sucked at all. Mm-hmm. No, it I hasn't. Mean, maybe like <laughs> tiny details. Mm-hmm. Maybe. If you're really going to be nitpicky, but as as a whole, the show's mm. incredible, so I, I can yeah. see it going on a long time. Definitely. Well, next up in the trailer, Din Djarin arrives on an even better looking Navarro, greeted by a Kowakian monkey lizard and Grief Karga. It feels like every time we see Navarro, it's just looking more luscious and more successful. And this is a testament, I guess, to Grief Karga's probably leadership. Mm. Uh, what is he? Yeah. What's the technical title for him now? I can't remember because they drop it in in the Mandalorian season two. Because uh, you know, Car is the marshal and he's the I don't know. I, I'm blanking on it right now. Don't ask me why this is what <laughs> came to mind because I, I could not tell you. But the the term Queen Regent comes to mind, and that's wrong. Cause that makes sense. He's clearly not a queen, <laughs> right? Um, he's the king regent. <laughs> he's the king regent. I, I think he's just like a governor or something. You know, something yeah. like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Well, he's looking great. And the red 
robes or whatever he's got going on. He's all fancy. He just came out of like a fancy di- dinner meeting or something. Yeah. He, he looks incredible. Carl you, Weathers can continue to be this character as yeah. long as he wants. I want to point out that in the background before they kind of like class pans that yeah. um, R5-D4 is in the background. Okay. And um, I think that this, he's already with Den when he gets mm-hmm. to Navarro, mm-hmm. unless it's a different R5 droid, which put it could be, but yeah, he's just in the background, not too far behind Grogu and Den. So it makes sense to me that he would, um, this would be post the Tatooine moments. Oh, for sure. I, I agree on that, and yeah. I think I'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the Pelimoto moment. We are given a look at the armorer. As Din says, I'm going to Mandalore so that I may be forgiven for my transgression. Something that, again, we've already heard, we've already seen. During this quote, Grogu looks up at Din and we see a new shot of the destroyed capital of Mandalore, Sindari. I can't wait. I can't wait to see I'm, this thing I'm more excited to return to Sindari. I really it's am. It's fantastic. Because it's been, it's been so long in canon. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than seeing it getting blown up in in the book of Boba Fett, <laughs> right? But like that that took place. Like probably, I want to spend time yeah. there, you know. Yeah, I want to. I want to see the remains. I want to see what Mandalore's like well, right even now. Like, even like looking at it, just this image, you got like greenery growing up around. Yeah, the city. I noticed that. Yeah, and it's it makes sense. Like if you light a match, if you do mm-hmm. a controlled burn on a field, you light that match, it kills and and, and replenishes. It's mm-hmm. like when you see a forest fire. After some years go down the road, you know, the ground and the trees that begin to grow are very healthy. Yep. So fire is not always a bad thing. And now, obviously, a whole civilization was nearly wiped out. That's a different story. But the fact that Mandalore is becoming this lush, Mm -hmm. you know, thing is is really kind of cool. Yeah. Even if it is in the midst of great tragedy, it's neat to see it. It's kind of like Wally in a way. Yeah, well, and I think that's that's kind of the end game of this show now is I think by the end of, you know, maybe even the final shot of the Mandalorian series is a lush, successful, thriving Mandalore planet led by whether that be Bo, Din, Sabine, who knows? Uh, there's no Sabine. telling. Um, well, I was just adding to the list. Yeah, you know? I don't think it'll be <laughs> I definitely don't think it'll be her either, but um, Grogu. I, I really think it's, <laughs> I do think it's going to be Din. Yeah. Really, genuinely. And that's because of the Book of Boba Fett episodes. Like, so there was stuff in there with mm-hmm. him and the armor that I was like, you are going to become the Mandalorian. You know, mm-hmm. like, he is like the Mandalorian. He, it's just like, from the ashes rises the phoenix type thing. You sure. Know? You know, that I think would that's be what, pretty cool. I think that's the end game, if you will, for mm-hmm. Din Djarin. Yeah. Then, I we think can so have too. Clan, then we can have Clan Djarin. That would be great. Fantastic. That's not right. been said in canon, has it? No, not that that's I know what, of. That's what him and Grogu would be, right? They're yeah. not Clan Mudhorn. They'd be Clan no. Jaren yeah. because of Rebels, right? Definitely. I think okay. so. Well, that's, well, all. that's it on that. <laughs> that's all, folks. Continuing on here. R5 appears to be potentially gearing up for flight as Pelimoto sends a Dinjarn off the planet of Tatooine with a familiar May the Force be with you. Followed by This is the Way. This is the way. Yes, we do get like, it. This is the like, way. Immediately, it's it's awesome. Yeah, I think Grogu during those moments is looking at those fireworks being shot off in the sky with curiosity in those moments, and then we are unclear as far as when or where they're witnessing these fireworks, and that's when Din Djarin drops that famous line of "This is the way." And I then, think that then Grogu punches him into into hyperspace. That was pretty cool. 
I think that this is uh, over the top of Moss Eisley. That's what I was thinking too. But I just paused it on Grogu looking out of the window cockpit. Uh huh. He's wearing the chainmail Beskar. Yeah, underneath. I saw that too. Yeah. I just that's the first time I've noticed it. Yeah, that is really. It's cool like detail. the it's like the me thrill from Lord of the Rings. It, it, that's a hundred percent what it is. A hundred percent what it is. Grogu is Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know something that I'm really interested in is what's because I believe it's Tatooine too. Where those fireworks are going off? What yeah, are they celebrating? Yeah. Is it Boba Fett through a great dinner or something? Like wh- you what's know, going I, on? <laughs> I really thought that this could be a a Boba Fett cameo moment somewhere mm-hmm. in this episode. It'd be cool. Um, we've already seen Tim Morrison come back for for Obi Wan, and I don't see why he wouldn't want to put the Boba Fett armor back on. He loves being Boba Fett. Like yeah, he does. Oh my gosh, it's like an addiction. It's like it's so funny how much he loves being Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see him here. Uh, why the fireworks are going off? I mean, I, I couldn't even begin to tell unless it picks up right after the book of Boba Fett ends. Right. And, and see, that was okay. So that's a theory of yeah. mine, I guess, that I was alluding to earlier is mm-hmm. I could easily see the premiere being on Tatooine and that kind of being the, the bridging of the gap, if you will, regarding the book of Boba Fett and this season that would to, be to clarify maybe the viewers that that are confused on, okay, how's Grogu back with Din Djarin? The last I saw him, he bounced with Luke Skywalker. Maybe and there are plenty of people who didn't watch Book of Boba. Yeah. Even though there's Mandalorian stuff in it, they still didn't watch Book of Boba. You right. Know? So they're right. going to miss a huge piece of the story. And it makes sense. Yeah, you're right. It makes sense to start there. And that's what I'm, that's why I'm thinking, that's what I'm thinking at the moment. And maybe, maybe at some point in that episode, we get caught up to Din Djarin's final moments in the Book of Boba Fett where they're taken off in hyperspace. But mm-hmm. I don't recall if R5 is in the, in one at that moment at the end of the Book of Boba Fett or not. No, R5 is definitely going to become Mando's droid in season oh, yeah. three. Yeah. 100%. I agree. I just couldn't remember if at the end of Book of Boba Fett, R5 is already in the N1 or not. No, they just have okay. the dome top for Grogu. Okay. Which is is so great. great. I think it's going to do like a Buzz Lightyear thing. Yeah. Where it just goes back. That'd and, be cool. Yeah. And that if, if they don't have R5, Grogu can ride up there. Um, and I have more thoughts on the N1 in just a moment, but we'll get to that in a second. Okay. All right. Well, let's continue here then. We've got a very extremely intriguing shot of a city with traffic in the sky, like Coruscant. But in my notes here, I put it could easily be Hosnian Prime or the sleeper pick that I mentioned earlier of Shan... Shan? Shan? Shandrilla? Shandrilla? We don't I'm know I'm going to say Shandrilla. Yeah. But uh, which one of those do you think it is? I am 1,000% banking on Coruscant here. Um, Are you? Okay. I am because the architecture and the the skyline and all of that, they don't put something like that in Star Wars trailers unless they want you to think it's Coruscant. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only that, in this shot where it's just the the highway and the, the below street and all that, there's a building just to the right that that looks to me to be similar in structure to Padme's apartment in mm. episodes two and three. I think I noticed that too. So I'm not saying it's that. Um, it, it probably isn't. Um, but it to me, I think that this has to be Coruscant. And I don't know why they would put a shot like this in here if it wasn't. 
Yeah. I do also want to point out that the main building structure here looks very similar to MI6 in uh, the James Bond movies. So I just mm -hmm. thought, oh, that looks like where they blew it up in um, Skyfall. I think it was Skyfall. So um, it look, it just looks like that to me. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I'm, so yeah, I'm, I'm going Coruscant. I'm leaning toward Coruscant for sure. I could see them easily going with either of the other two, though, too. And because, and I guess because I just recently watched Chapter 12, where I got that line of, we know that the New Republic capital is in Chandrilla right now, yeah. makes me want to say it's that, but it doesn't look like that. Although, have we ever seen Chandrilla in live action or animation? I don't think we've seen it in either. I don't think we have. Now, would I be slightly bummed that, Chandrilla would look just like Coruscant or Hosnian Prime, so add to the list another skyline city like that. Maybe I'd be a little bummed. You know, it's kind of yeah. similar to you know Jakku compared to Tatooine. You know, mm -hmm. but um, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I, I think all three of those are a possibility, but Coruscant's most likely. If it's not Coruscant, it's okay if it's Hosnian Prime because oh yeah, it gives us a thorough way straight to Force Awakens. Definitely and. We all know that this is still Disney's property. Mm -hmm. Those are Disney Star Wars movies. <laughs> they want that highway, no pun intended, to, to yeah, I didn't mean it when I said it, but the, I kind of do now. They need that to go to Force Awakens. That's what's yeah. in the back of everybody's minds. Um, I'll say this. You haven't watched this week's episode of Bad Batch yet, but just as a quick little thing for anybody who has, um, there is a very minor, very minor background character in The Force Awakens who is of a similar species to a character in this week's episode of Bad Batch. Hmm. So it's one of those, like, is that the same guy? And mm -hmm. I don't know if it is, but, like, it could be. I got And you. it's just one of those, they, they're reminding us, hey, don't forget, Force yeah. Awakens, go to Galaxy's Edge. You know, they're, they're doing these... <laughs> They're doing these things because they want us to remember what they put out there already. For sure. So if it's Hosnian Prime, cool. I don't mind. Other people will be pissed, but I won't be. So. Oh, yeah. No, I'd be good with any of the options that we've mentioned for sure. Well, while we're in this aerial view, we see Dr. Pershing traveling in, you know, through the traffic of the planet. And we mm -hmm. also hear Captain Carson deliver the line saying, there's something dangerous happening out there. And by the time it becomes big enough for you to act, it will be too late before cutting to the character actually delivering this line to someone. And what I'm currently thinking is he might be delivering that line to some higher up in the New Republic. Because, again, we mentioned it, and this is why we're doing the Mando rewatch series. He says a line very similar to that in Car to Kara saying the core worlds aren't noticing what's going on, on out here. And he's trying to report that back to whoever this higher up is. I don't know who that higher up is. I know I wish it was Mon Mothma, but I don't think it's going to be. <laughs> well, I, I will say it's Mon Mothma or somebody similar to her. At uh -huh. least like maybe a new character. It makes a little more sense for it to be a new character. For sure. Yeah. Um, but I like that we've got you know him him in this moment. We've kind of already talked about it. Um, but he's got the Republic slash Rebellion patch on his shoulder. He has a Rancor patch on his chest, which I don't know why he'd have a Rancor patch unless he, like in Clone Wars, I know that there was a reference to one of the clone battalions being called the Rancor Battalion. Maybe maybe there's a Republic slash Resistance um, uh, name for like Rancor Battalion or Rancor Squad. Mm -hmm. He just like, you know, he's the commander of that because he doesn't he's not in a pilot uniform. You know, he's looking like Poe Dameron in Last Jedi right here. Yeah. Like, and so I think that he's he kind of, yeah. he's taking on this role that's more than just some X-Wing, you know, cop. 
You know, I think it's more, he's something different now. And yeah. they, I think that they're going to show or at least explain the switch of what, what that is. So there's mm-hmm. a lot happening here and I'm not trying to like dig into deeply. I mean, most of this is just like, is, is just based on prior knowledge. Right. Yeah. Um, but so that's what I think with here. I will say this though. He looks great. I think. Oh that, yeah. Uh, he looks Paul, fantastic. Paul, it's Paul Sung. Is it, what's, is it, I don't know how to say it. What, it's I don't Paul. Know what it's, Paul yeah. Sung Lee, is that what it is? Something like that? Something like that. Something which like he, that. Which he follows me on Twitter for some reason. Nice, man. Which is hey. just weird. I remember getting that Ask him to come on the show. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he will. <laughs> hey, man, what's with the Rancor patch? We'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think it's cool, but I think, you know, if you look at him in season two mm. versus now, he's slimmed up a little bit. He looks a little healthier. Like, not that he looked bad to begin with. I think he actually looks better without a pilot's helmet on. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he just looks like just a character I want to, like, I want his action figure. I didn't yeah. want his action figure before, but I do now. For right. some reason, I don't know why, I just do. Well, you mentioning that as far as him slimming down a little bit, we all know that, you know, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, they all had to get in shape again to come back mm-hmm. for the sequel trilogy. That's just unfortunately how hollywood works they want you to look the best you possibly can well the star um, it's the star wars diet is what right, i call it right yeah. him looking great like that again is another indicator to me that his character is about to come become really important yeah I'd agree really really important uh he's put in the work clearly like you said looks great yeah. i expect to see some significant runtime for him and his character yes. in this season for sure I- I also think going back to the trailer now, instead of looking forward to his character development, I think mm-hmm. that this we're meant to think he's talking to Din Djarin here. Oh yeah, because it yeah it cuts straight to it, Din Djarin's helmet, but, but he's on a completely different location, which we'll yeah, talk he's about in, next. He's in Mandalore. Yeah, right. I mean, one thousand, and he's got water on him. Yeah. You know, he doesn't. Uh, 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 Carson Tiva doesn't even look wet. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. You know, He's indoors somewhere that, yeah. that it's probably this capital city that we yeah. that we've I been looking it, at. I would think it'd be something like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, we we just mentioned mentioned it. We get to Din Djarin in Bo's throne room. Uh, we're assuming it's on Mandalore. I guess it's still possible that it's somewhere else, but that just seems likely yeah, that that's where it would be. I don't think it would be somewhere else. We see what looks like the path to the mines of Mandalore where Din needs to go to be forgiven for his transgressions, obviously. While on this path, Din comes across an old Mandalorian helmet. Now, I don't believe... I believe this is just a helmet that's been down there, but I do find it very significant that the immediate cut afterward goes straight to Grogu where that helmet almost kind of fits his head perfectly. Is it possible for Din Djarin to kind of refurbish this thing? Maybe. Maybe. I think it's possible well, for, it's, for Grogu to end up getting one one dome yeah. of his own. I think he I think Grogu has earned that. I, I think it's a detriment to the character of Grogu to not see his face. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I do think that the size of Din Djarin's hand mm-hmm. withholding that helmet, it seems like it would have been a child's for helmet. Sure. And yeah. we saw in season one children wearing some sort of helmet. It wasn't like a Mandalorian helmet, but it was a helmet. Mm-hmm. And then we also know when was the last time you took your helmet off? Someone saw your face and it was always oh, about those kids age, you know, and, and this makes sense that Grogu, yeah, he's 50, but he's a baby, you know, mm-hmm. maybe he has this incredibly significant transformation going forward. 
and Din's like, you get a helmet now, dude. Like, yeah. here you go. And I think this, cool. is, this would be the perfect time for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in this shot cut we that we get Grogu in, suddenly we're back in the Jedi Temple. It's Order 66, where we see Jedi lining up to protect Grogu from a door being burned down by either blaster, flamethrower, or, of course, lightsaber. It's a lightsaber. Is it a lightsaber? You think uh, yeah. so? It has to be. You think? Yeah, one reason why. Why's that? Phantom Menace. <laughs> Qui-Gon. The it does look just like orb. that, yeah. If it's not that, I don't, I mean, it could be a clone, obviously. It could yeah. be something else. I know it can be. Yeah. But well, it makes the most sense for this to be Anakin leading the charge. Mm-hmm. And how ridiculous would it be to see Hayden Christensen in The Mandalorian? I mean, I would go nuts. I think I would actually start screaming. <laughs> I think so. I, yeah, I would too. Um, I, I'm just struggling because the shot that we get of Grogu in Order 66 in the Book of Boba Fett, it seems like it happens after this shot that we see in this trailer. Yeah, Because I the clones so have already broke through the door at that point. Yeah, they have. But, Which, I mean... Where would be, would Anakin have just bounced for some reason? Oh, it, it's th- here's these Jedi. Y'all got them. This doesn't have to be in the same spot as where Grogu is in the previous shot, though. Sure, like, there are less Jedi in the shot in the Book of Boba Fett, from what I've noticed. So maybe some of them are, have been offed. I thought there were four in Book of Boba Fett, but I could. There be may wrong. have been. I can't remember. But Anakin, you know, he's obviously all over the temple, slaying younglings and whatever else. And yeah, and and. Uh, it Fake slaying Reva. Reva. Sure. What is yeah. it again? I can't remember. It is Reva. It is Reva. Yeah. Okay. It took us a while to remember that one. I remember it that. did. It and I'm like, forgetting again. I need to rewatch Kenobi. I, need I do to rewatch. Too. <laughs> um I think like so for example, if it is Anakin, there could be like a um a Jedi off to the side just kind of ready to ambush mm-hmm. and th- that distracts him and then the Jedi like remove Grogu. Yeah, you know it could be it could it could be a very simple sequence like that, but like it's astronomically important to Revenge of the Sith and sure. and Mandalorian, which I, I this is the first time I've ever actually considered that Grogu was actually in the temple. Like I, I don't think I've ever actually processed that until now. Hmm. Like he was there. Like I've seen yeah. memes and I've thought I've talked about it, but I don't think I've ever processed it until this moment. Yeah. Well, I mean. I'm still now to the point where my question, biggest question with this Order 66 flashback is not necessarily who tries to kill Grogu or who comes at him or anything like that. It's who saves him. I mean, I think that's the biggest question with this flashback overall. It's not who's, it's my question is not who's coming through the door or anything like that. It's who's going to take this guy and get what, him away from what all if of like, this. What if like they throw Ray Park a bone and they're just like, you can be like a human Jedi and you can be responsible for getting That'd be Grogu. Cool. I mean, I mean, I doubt it, but it'd be really neat if that's what happens. Yeah, maybe, for maybe sure. Maybe it's like Kit Fisto's side chick or something. Yeah. I don't know. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think it's most likely that it's a clone trooper with a flamethrower. And you you may be right. I mean, you, you very easily could be onto something. The only reason I don't think it's not – the reason I don't think it's a um, flamethrower is that it's coming straight down the middle. Sure, yeah. And when a flame hits something – the heat, this is just science, but it hits something and then it just Right, ex- that expands. science is totally considered in Star Wars. <laughs> right, right. But, like, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, when heat hits yeah. something, yeah. your brain tells you it's going to expand. Sure. This is not expanding. It's like a weld. It's like they're right. or an, a D-weld in this case. 
But anyway, that's why I think Man, it's isn't the isn't the slice really high though? Like it's like almost eight feet high in the it's in an the eight air. foot door, huh? You gotta start <laughs> start it from the top, get down All right, to the bottom. So Anakin you know? jumped to the top of the door and it's he's a, just casually sliding. It, I'll down. tell you what it is. It's a biblical <laughs> reference to when Jesus dies. Okay. The the veil at the temple was torn from top to bottom. This is the veil to get us to Grogu. Boom. There you go. Solved it I all like right it. here. Might <laughs> drop. Moving on to the next. Any other Order 66 no. Grogu theories, though? No. For no. real. I, I have not. Okay. No, I have not. Okay. Me either. We see several TIE interceptors chasing and firing on a gauntlet, which appears to be Bo's ship, in my opinion, at least. Is Do you it? have a different opinion? I think that the N1 will be destroyed. And um, No. Hold on. I didn't know. Really they destroyed the Razor Crest. Oh, my goodness. If we go through another ship, dude, no way. I mean, they already did it once. They do it again. All I'm but saying is. But this is the N1, okay? This is Naboo Speeder. I you know. can't get rid of it. I didn't say, okay, well, <laughs> if it's not destroyed, what if it's out of commission? And this mm. is. And here's, All right, that's I, getting I, too Star Trek y for here, me. <laughs> okay, well, then here's my. Uh, here's my actual theory okay okay no continue i didn't mean to you know i know you i know you, i know you're good i'm just I, adding adding some flair <laughs> I, hey flair is what i'm all about okay so my middle name's flair all right it's not but uh <laughs> anyway um when when i look at this i think okay this is i i think it's mandalore first of all um i don't have a reason to believe it's mandalore other than the ship i just think it is okay. um secondly um i think that grogu and din arrive on Mandalore before this scene. And I think that Bo-Katan hears Imperial ships coming and she goes to the window because she's sitting down when uh, Din and Grogu mm. walk in. So okay. I think that they have a conversation. She stands up, they, they hear the ships coming in. She goes to the window and there's some like previous thing that takes place in that scene where um, he's like, okay, you take the kid and go here. Because later in the in the trailer, we see her down in the mines of Mandalore with, right. And I th well, I think that was the first trailer because we didn't get oh, Bo at okay. all in this one. Okay, so then in the first trailer, so mm -hmm. I think that that happens, and then that's when this chase scene happens. So she has uh, Grogu in this ship with her, and Din's doing his own thing somewhere else. Interesting. Own, the only other reason I think that. I, that that's the case is because I don't remember if this trailer or the first, but mm -hmm. there is a ramp that lowers and Grogu comes floating out of it. Behind him is a Mandalorian, but it's not Din. It's a woman. It's clearly female Bo. armor. I, gotcha. I think it's Bo. So, mm -hmm. and like, that's why I said, go look at the trailer, you know, chronological thing I did on Reddit because it's a good idea my, for sure. My thought was, and I've never done this before. I was like, I wonder if I can figure it out. And I yeah. started, I It'd started be fun to come back that. to. So for me, it was just one of those, okay, if it works, great. If it doesn't, cool, whatever. I, mm -hmm. I just look like an idiot, and that's fine. It's not the first time. So, you know, it, 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 I think that's just what they're going to do here. Yeah, um, that makes I'm sense. I'm jumping all over the place. I'm so sorry. But, like, that's that's why I think that that is potentially either the N1's been blown up, and I'm totally wrong, mm -hmm. or Grogu is with Bo-Katan right here. Okay. I could see that lining up. And, yeah. and like you said, in the first trailer, we do get those moments where they're alone. So that would mm -hmm. line up for sure. Well, yeah. later, next in the trailer, we see Din Djarin piloting the N1 again. But this time it is in that similar surroundings, which doesn't necessarily mean it that debunks your, your ideas or anything. It could just be them arriving to well, wherever he's coming to meet Bo or whatever. Well, the cockpit doesn't match the Mandalorian cockpit. 
It's not the same cockpit, so it's definitely not the same ship. In the in this shot, as yeah, far so as him, really, I thought it was the N one. He's in the N one in this shot, mm-hmm. and if we're thinking that he might be piloting the Mandalorian ship, the other the Bo-Katan ship, the Gauntlet, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Gauntlet. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry, I didn't know that was that was called. Um, if we're to assume that she's in the gauntlet, then he's flying separately. Also, yeah. an explosion takes place behind him in this shot. Mm. So they may be tag teaming some interceptors here as That'd well. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Well, he also says to Grogu, hang on, kid, in these moments. Uh, and we get another, another look at that, that baby Yoda before we that, cut. That could just be a sound bite. Right, and, and that's what I was going to add to that, too. It's hard to predict if this dialogue matches this scene and, and things like that. Um, but I guess, you know, we'll have to wait and see. The gauntlet is quickly shown attempting to maneuver away from the ties even more. I'll say that the aerial stuff that they've shown so far in this season looks fantastic. It looks so good. I can't wait to actually see some more of that. Well, we then see Din Djarin appearing to be in a droid bar or droid cantina, getting some form of favor completed for him. And we see battle droids in the background. And I fully expect as soon as Din Djarin walks in there, uh, one of these droids better say, we don't serve your kind in here. That would be fantastic. What did you yeah. think of the of this moment in the in the droid bar? Well, I got excited and yeah. I immediately thought of Matthew Wood, who does the voice for the droids in Clone Wars, hoping to hear his voice here. Um, I also know because of season one that Din might have some PTSD from these particular droids. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe sure. the, maybe the dark saber. There's one more lightsaber that cuts down a battle droid. Uh-huh. You know, it could be That'd something be like. Cool. But, um, no, honestly, I think that this is somewhere on Tatooine um, mm. or Navarro. I haven't Could really be. decided yet, but yeah. I think this is on Tatooine, and I think that they're going to um, take our R5-D4 here to get a little fixed up before mm. he runs off. with. Cause, and another that shot with, with another, I think it's the first trailer, there's a shot of R5-D4 next to Pelimoto, and he's got mm-hmm. his, his leg kind of get looks jank. And I think that it's like, hey, I, I'm going to take him with me, but I need to go get him fixed first. Fixed, yeah. Yeah. So. That makes sense. I like that. I think you're you're really onto something with with some of these trailer breakdowns well, here. It's just I'm being I'm just a dork is all it is. No, I love it. I <laughs> yeah, love I wish, it. I wish I could put those skills to something more important than, than trailer <laughs> breakdowns. Dude, Mandalorian is the most important thing. Is Maybe it? not the most important thing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like Mandalorian, our children. <laughs> yeah, there might some there might be some more important things. Continuing on, we've got a squad of Mandalorians drop in on what appears to be Navarro, followed by a cut to Paz Vizla firing beside the destroyed IG eleven statue. So that definitely confirms that they that at least these Mandalorians are on and Navarro. How dare how dare they? Right? That's just disgusting I have never been more upset than realizing (laughs) that that statue was gone yeah I was like just screw you agreed (laughs) (laughs) well in Navarro it appears these (laughs) Mandalorians you're making me lose it again (laughs) sorry but I love Paz Vizsla here oh yeah he's great he's like he's like the general man he's like I'm coming in (laughs) Favreau might be busy you know potentially becoming the president of Lucasfilm but he can still (laughs) voice Paz Vizsla Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm just kidding about the President throw... Lucasfilm thing. I don't want to talk about that. You know, I know I know there's theories. I'm out not there. kidding. I think that's what's happening. We'll see. We'll okay. See. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. 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 Anyway, man, we're really getting derailed or, here. <laughs> a good story for another time. In Navarro, it appears these Mandalorians are fighting a gang of Nyctos, and we see a couple of Babu Frick species called Anzelans. 
witness this. Uh, what's up with these Nikdos continuing to show up everywhere? They were well, the ones that had Grogu to begin with. They were the ones that are destroying things for Boba Fett on Tatooine, and now they're here on Navarro. What's going on? Well, they're not just Nikdos. Um, oh, there's small. more. Well, if you look at the first trailer, there's a couple of uh, of uh, Trandoshans. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, See, I, but, I guess but, I need to go back and rewatch the first trailer. I, I don't think that that matters, you know, because you you'd point something out really important. This could very easily be the same gang that had Grogu in the beginning. Because nobody knows where they came from. How the heck do they have Grogu? That's, you the, know? that's one of the biggest questions that, that I've noticed doing this Mando rewatch is I'm still wondering... How did Grogu? Yeah, how did would, Grogu get there in the first place? That's the that's yeah. the flashback we should really be focusing. Yeah, on. Yeah, and I I would have never thought to ask that question had you not pointed it out in your rewatches because mm. I've been listening to them. I had no idea. I never even thought. Oh yeah, that's a problem. No, I, now it's like yeah, this could be them. Why not? Yeah, that'd be cool. They're they're trying to you know get get them it'd again be, or something. It'd be the perfect like way to do a quote unquote filler episode. Yeah, well, full circle moment for sure. Absolutely. Get them back or don't get them back. You know, I don't think they're going to get them back. Yeah. But one one Mandalorian that I just happened to posit at about the one twenty one twenty two mark. Mm-hmm. One of the female Mandalorians just caps a dude who's already dead in the yeah. back of the head. It's like, <laughs> dude, you're savage. But that's something different. Well, this scene. Are we concerned that Grief Karga makes it out or not? Is I there think, any concern for yeah, you that he lives? Gone. I think he's gone. You think so? Well, I, I think that Carl Weathers coming back for season three immediately told everybody because he he was like, I'm coming back. Get ready. You know, yeah, immediately told me he's directing his episode. Mm-hmm. And then the and I think it's the first trailer. He moves his waistcoat and goes for the blaster. Yeah, I think that that's like they're going to cap him. And that's mm. what's going to have Den come back to Navarro a, th- a fourth time in the series or whatever. Because he's like, hey, Gre-, like Paz Vizsla is like, hey, Grief Karg is dead. Okay, I'm coming. You know, it's one of those things. Mm. Um, I think that's what's happening here. Um, I, I mean, I could be very wrong. But I think sure. he doesn't make it out. And I think Carl Weathers would want to be responsible for directing his own death. Yeah, um, I could see that. Yeah, I think that's something he would want to cherish as mm-hmm. far as a director goes. He's died a lot in other movies. You look at Apollo Creed, you look at Predator. You know, spoilers for for those who haven't watched Rocky or Predator, but whatever. Um, you know, th- those are those are big moments for him in, in dying. I think he'd want to have some kind of say over that at this yeah. point. Yeah, thinking on it, if I think back to season one, as far as marketing for this show goes, if they decide to kill off Grief Karga, the Mandalorian himself is the only remaining character that was promoted before this show ever started. Because you got Kara, you got... Uh, Quill, and you got Grief Karga, IG-11, and Din Djarin himself. Those were the five that they were saying, hey, come check out this new show focused on these five characters. Well, and it'd be interesting to see after this third season that yeah. the Mandalorian would be the only one left over. Now, obviously, we now know that it's more focused on Mandalorian and Grogu, mm-hmm. not these other ones. But that is those were yeah. the five characters that Lucasfilm and Star Wars said, hey, come and watch these individuals in yeah. our Star Wars galaxy. Well, they, It'd just be were, interesting to see they that were stepping, They were stepping stones. They, mm-hmm. they were, hey, we have an Ugnaught, and he's a main character. He's our Yoda. Cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. we've got a Boba Fett, but he's not Boba Fett. We've got mm-hmm. a woman with a giant gun. Awesome. You know, <laughs> yeah. we've got freaking Apollo Creed. Heck mm-hmm. yes. You had me at Apollo Creed. Yeah. And and Boba Fett, that's not Boba Fett. Like I was mm-hmm. there, you know, but he's yeah. gone. 
that we don't have to worry about relying on these things, which is for sure, which is what George Lucas did with the prequels. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're being honest, he said, here's young Obi-Wan, here's young Anakin, here's Luke and Leia's mom. Everybody's like, yep. cool. And then, then it wasn't what everybody expected. That's their problem. Okay. It worked out fine, you know? So yeah. it, it's what we're doing. We're doing it not in reverse. We're doing it the way things ought to be done. It's like, mm -hmm. if you're going to weed things out and take away certain things, this is a good way to do it. And it's the yeah. way Star Wars should probably do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think it's a good way to do it. So if this is where he meets his end, I mean, I love Grief Cargo. He's a great character. Yeah. But we I mean, gosh, Carl Weathers is a household name. Yeah, he is. You know, he, he's, he's got to, he, they need to, you know, chip away at the budget a little mm -hmm. bit. And he's the, he, the first one to go. I'm just mm -hmm. being honest. As far as an emotional reaction, Carl Weathers' Grief Cargo would have to be the character to go in this season of all yeah. the other ones he'd be that we've like, seen. He'd be like our Han Solo Obi-Wan. Yeah. Flygon. You know, yeah. that's what it would be. I guess we'll we'll see. It's I'll, like, I'll be. It's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. I'll be a little conflicted if that happens, but I'm sure, I'm sure the storytelling will will probably play out in the appropriate ways if that happens. Well, we get our final moment here in the trailer where Grogu emerges from a cave, maybe the Mines of Mandalore cave. That's what it kind of looks like, at least. And Force pushes some giant species that I'm personally unfamiliar with as Din Djarin delivers yet again another This Is The Way, which I did admittedly as far as just as far as trailer production goes. For some reason, I felt weird that there were two This Is The Way deliveries. But regardless, what did you think of, of this moment with Grogu using the Force push very aggressively? Yeah. Well, the first, uh, let me address the This Is The Ways really quick. The first yeah. one was just so off the cuff. Hey, I say this mm -hmm. all the time. The second <laughs> sure. one, the second one was This Is The Way. Like mm -hmm. very different. Oh, and, yeah. I, well, and I think that that has something to do with what he's just done or is doing in this trailer. Yeah, well, and I think the timing of it too is to show that Grogu's com committed to following whatever Din Djarin does yeah. instead yeah. of the Jedi way or whatever. Yeah, um, and and weirdly enough, this is me being an uber nerd, so I, I apologize, but the 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 creature that jumps down in the shot here before he mm -hmm. pushes him, I saw it and I was like, oh, it's a golem. Now, this is me again, uber nerd. I apologize. The name Gollum from Lord of the Rings is actually a Jewish word that is kind of like a slang Yiddish type thing that means like a demon. Mm -hmm. And so Gollum, if you say it as it's intended in like the, I think, I think it's Yiddish. Um, that's, that's where you get the, that Tolkien took from. So I looked at this and was like, Oh, he's fighting a demon. Like, it's just what it is. He's very gangly, very, and of course, Lord of the Rings coming into play. He's very, you know, you know, Gollum esque, minus the fur and the hair. But uh, he's Gollum if Gollum ever took steroids, is kind of how I look at it. And he's just super creepy looking. I love that on YouTube, you can like play videos back at like certain speeds. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking at it right now at 0.25 speed. Uh huh. Th this thing looks like a wolf. And it's really interesting. It's really freaky looking, and he's got some kind of a a weapon, like mm -hmm. so. It's not a creature; it's it's a sentient being, mm. um, because no, there are no creatures, you know, non there are no non sentient creatures in Star Wars that use tools. 
you know, they're yeah. all, they're all a humanoid esque, you know, mindset. And so mm-hmm. this is not a creature he's fighting. It's like an individual. So it's going to be like his like cave moment, like empire yeah. strikes back, you know, yeah. is what I'm thinking. Ooh. So anyway, all that to say, cool. I also think that if, if he's going to, if his signet is going to be revealed to him, this is that signet mm-hmm. where Din Djarin's is the mud horn. This is Grogu's. Yeah, I I think you're onto something with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I like the the visual aspect of all of that too and I do think too it played for me as far as Grogu pushing in those moments. Like yes, he looks the same, but somehow suddenly Grogu looks so much older and wiser in this as moment. As soon as he comes out of the cave. Yeah. Forced, yeah. It's so wild. So wild to me how how that has suddenly happened. We're we're witnessing our our baby grow up. And, Which is uh, good. It's great. He needs to. Yeah, it's. We're, I, I can't wait. I I really just I can't wait for this season, and I can't wait to talk about it and all spoilery goodness each and every single week. Yes. We do have one thing that I wanted to discuss. Um, I put out on Twitter, and I always like to do this. I put out on Twitter for anyone to reply with any thoughts if you would like to be on the podcast. We did have someone reply to us that wanted to be on the show, so I definitely wanted to read their thoughts. I just simply asked, what did you think of the trailer? What are your theories? What are your burning questions? And then I said I was going to discuss anyone that wanted to reply, and we did get an entry from at yayminefTIS. I don't know how to say all of that in one fluid thing there. Um, Gabby is the, is the username, at least. Um, the trailer was pretty neat. I love Din's monologue at the beginning. It feels like he's talking to Grogu, but also to his fellow brothers. Accepting the leadership role, maybe? Question mark. I like that he still wants to honor his beliefs. I was a bit worried they'd depict his sect in a more villainous way, because in my opinion, they are way more interesting as a survivor faction that honors the traditions. Also, I hope there's lots more of the armorer. I couldn't help myself and drew a lot of my theories for her in this thread. So, Gabby, this user has a thread that's like a seven, it looks like seven tweets, uh, thread that 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 user took the time to throw out on twitter so again i'll say at y a mine m i n e f t i s if you want to go check out that thread go check out that thread but regardless i will say this the armor we need more of her mm-hmm. i 1000 percent agree with that i know we got some of it in the book of boba fett but we need more armor in the mandalorian um and i think it looks like we're gonna get that what do you think of that Although there's no way that we don't get more of her. It, mm-hmm. I think that Din Djarin needs to be caught in between Bo-Katan and her mm. because Mandalore is, is okay. And if you even look at the way the culture has been set forth in, to, in our world, yeah, we want to see more women in, in charge in, in our shows like these. And so using the armor and Bo-Katan as these two, um, elders i'll say for for the mandalorians makes a lot of sense and you have the death watch you know stuff and you have the the you know um uh, bo departing from death watch when maul took over in clone wars so mm-hmm. there's an interesting split here that's been there since you know the clone wars is we're looking at um you know probably 25 years or so 30 years since that's happened in canon so it, it makes sense that we would need more armor and and I think Den needs to be put between a rock and a hard place as a Mandalorian to really 
see that because he, he's kind of like our Anakin Skywalker in a way where he's been put between the council and Palpatine mm-hmm. and who is who in the Mandalorians is up for debate. But I think that the armorer and Bo-Katan, they, they need to fight at some point, And that would be freaking dope. That would be and, so epic. Um, and, and for anybody to say that it wouldn't, I'm just like, are you freaking serious? Like <laughs> it's Bo-Katan first of all, and the armorer kicks some tail yeah. in, in season one. You know, yes. she cleaned house. She did. Yeah. And and made stormtroopers look like ragdolls. Right, right. And we know Bo Katan's capable of that. For so sure. Let's see it go down. Yeah. Um, I, I, I that's the fight that's the fight of the, the century for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's I'll say it. This is controversial, but I'll say it. That'd be a better rematch than Vader and Anakin uh, Vader and Obi Wan. <laughs> Yeah, um, I would probably agree with that, potentially, um, potentially. It may be a hot take for a handful, but hey, it is what it is. So, yeah, I, I think more armor. Yeah, g- give us more armor. And, Gabby, if that that's what you think, man, th- thank you. That's exactly what we need to hear because yeah. I like that take. It needs to be said. It needs to yeah, be talked about. We need more armor for sure. I, I would love to see that character utilized almost in a main character way, but I don't know if they're, if they're going to do that. But, I mean, I would prefer it because – that character is just absolutely awesome. Well, let's end this thing with just kind of giving overall impressions as far as the trailer goes. Um, I, for one, will say that I was floored. I mean, you can go in and watch my reaction on YouTube. I was pumped the entire time. Uh, the sounds, the sights, the pacing of it. Admittedly, the first half of the trailer was all things that we've seen before. So as far as being bummed about something, there would be one thing there. Uh, but as... I mean, I was already going to watch the show anyway, but I could see easily people that saw that trailer for the first time and saw anything Mandalorian Season 3 for the first time through that trailer because they were watching a Monday Night Football game. I could easily see some random person being like, okay, that looks pretty freaking cool. I'll go check that out on Disney+. Plus." So what were your overall impressions, though? Did you like it? Was it okay? Did you love it? What did you think? I was reeling from it. I yeah. mean, I, I I got one of those Govi light displays that can go behind your TV for Christmas with the yeah. LED lights. Yeah, that had to play the... on that. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was incredible. So I'm watching the game, and God bless my wife. She's My daughter's first birthday is next weekend, and so we're getting ready for the party. Man, and so that's she, crazy. I know, it's so fast. So Which means it was like the end of Book of Boba Fett. She was born during uh, the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I was I was right, in the right. hospital I was in the hospital waiting for her to be born and I and the, the Mandalorian episode of Book of Boba Fett premiered. So I watched <laughs> that on right, my phone. Yeah. I watched that on my phone in the hospital. I so never- we haven't even talked about a Mandalorian focused episode together before. No. Because you took baby leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've Man, never done it. This we've is gonna talked. be awesome. This yeah, is gonna be great. <laughs> and so I'm looking forward to that. That's one of the reasons like I told my wife, I was like, hey, for like nine weeks. Yeah. I'm doing, like, I'm letting you know that I have to do this. And uh-huh. she's like, okay, you know, God bless her. But, but still she's like making decorations for the party. Uh-huh. She's just like, she's so good at it. And I just shout out to my wife just for being awesome. But like, she's making decorations and literally sewing stuff together. Yeah. And, and I'm like, all right, you have to give me like two minutes. And so I go and turn <laughs> off the lamp. It's like totally dark. I have yeah. on the light display and it comes on and I'm sitting there watching it. And then, of course, the, they beat their chest. And I just involuntarily, you know, do that. And I was like, <laughs> I looked over. She's sitting to my left. I went, and then I was like, whatever. And I kept going. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm having, like, a nerd out moment the whole yeah. time and just pumped because I knew we were going to get new footage. And we mm-hmm. I knew to get repeat footage. And that there's, like, actually, there's only, like, three things that were repeated. 
which I only know that because I edited the two trailers right, together. Right. But um, it, you know, overall, I'm it, it just made me more excited. It made me more mm -hmm. happy that it's coming back. You know, live action Star Wars is the best Star Wars. That's you know, I will always stay by that. Um, you know, I love Clone Wars. I love Rebels. I did not like Resistance, but um, you know, I love I love those two shows. So it to me those are good but this is this is special it's different mm -hmm. this is what brought so many people back to star wars it's going to bring us all right back again and i loved it i'm looking forward to what it's going to bring absolutely well i can't wait to cover it mando talk of course is definitely going to cover it in full detail would we be mando talk if we didn't do that no shot. We wouldn't earn nope. that title. So We'd just be talk. Yeah, we'd just be talk. <laughs> you best believe and you can expect some of our most effort go into this thing. So you definitely want to subscribe and, and follow and do all of those things. Because it, at least for me personally, and I know DJ will too, I turn it up another notch when it comes to The Mandalorian because yeah. I, I, I just love this this show and the things that Favreau, Filoni, and everyone involved. I'll even throw Kathleen Kennedy in that mix. Everyone that made the decision to make this series, I love everything that, about it, and I can't wait to cover it in full detail. And it's coming up soon. So what? We've got, let me see, February 10th. Friday, February 10th is when you'll get the Mando rewatch for the back half of Season 2 of The Mandalorian. February 24th is when you'll get the Book of Boba Fett Mandalorian episodes, and also on that 24th recording, I'll throw in some predictions for The Mandalorian Season 3, since that will be the last podcast show before March 3rd, which will be mine and DJ's first Mandalorian Season 3 spoiler discussion. So we've only got two more podcast episodes coming out and then that third one that comes out will be a spoiler discussion of this show it is so close and i cannot wait for it to get here and in the meantime follow us twitter instagram tiktok facebook at mando talk on all of those platforms join our discord if you want to be on some one-on-one -on -one conversations deep dive discussions more personal conversations especially during the mandalorian we love to to talk with our audience on that platform join that the link is in the description and uh you can get us get us on any of those platforms dj thank you so much for being on this episode of mando talk can't wait to to have you more often as we're gearing up for this thing any final words for for the peeps so glad took the time to do this tonight and jump back in. It's kind of like a, a jump start for me for this the third season. So I'm looking forward to coming back to that. Other than that, I will just put in two quick little plugs. Mm -hmm. um, go check out the, the the chronological order trailer. I threw up on um, my Reddit channel page, however that's called. Whatever it's all I tweeted it too. So yeah. you have to scroll down a little bit on my profile, but it's there. Because um, it's for me, that's where all, uh, most of my takes come from. Just that looking through it that lens i think it makes the most sense so check that out and then i started a, a new podcast with some friends of mine uh called cinematic theology we talk movies discuss movies uh we look at like how it looks how it sounds how it feels whether or not we rewatch it again but the theological element is we sprinkle in some bible and uh, we talk a little bit of biblical stuff there to see yeah. if there's you know story notes that have a biblical theme that's you know that's my belief and um in life and so it was fun to put that in a podcast form and we're really enjoying it our most recent episode was on tom hanks's big which is why i referenced it earlier uh -huh. um so if you want to go hear our thoughts on big you can go check out we're on pretty much everything so um 
podcast wise I, I think anyway I, I i don't think i set that up so hopefully we're on all of them <laughs> but um but anyway it's definitely on spotify where i i tend to listen the most it's on apple um and i think it is on google as well so it's on the three major ones um and then the next episode we have coming out is going to be on glass onion um oh, that's a good one that's and so a good one. that's the first time i've actually said that out loud for the internet to hear so if you're want to check out my thoughts on glass onion, first yeah. of all, I loved, I loved it, but go check out the rest of it. Cause I got my friends, John and Parker who did incredible on that. So um, go listen to that. And when it, when it comes out, not this week, but I think next week, next mm-hmm. weekend is when we we're going to aim to release that. So, and then Man. we'll take, then we'll take a break and do some Valentine's day movie. Yeah. But whatever. Nice. we'll have some fun <laughs> with that. I'm sure. But um, you go check out Cinematic Theology. We have a Facebook page and group. And uh, yeah, that's it. Well, I'll say I'm sure there's people listening to this podcast that have great opinions on Ryan Johnson film. So definitely go check out that Glass Onion oh, podcast dude. episode coming out soon. Yeah, he, he can make a he makes a great movie. It oh just, yeah, he does. he does. We talk. We actually talk about Star Wars in that episode too, a Ooh. little bit because we we did. Me and John, one of the co-hosts, he and I are huge Star Wars fans, and and uh, we wanted to talk about Last Jedi a little bit. Mm-hmm. So unless he edited that part out, <laughs> yeah, it, it's in there. Um, I don't think he did. I don't think he would have just knowing him. He's he's our editor, so he probably kept it in there. But um, be looking for that. It's good stuff, and you know, it was a lot of fun good to soup. discuss. Yeah, it's good soup. There there you go. There you go. All righty. Well, let's end this thing. Let's get out of here. We can't wait to see you on the next episode. We'll hit that Mando rewatch. We'll talk about anything else that's relevant for The Mandalorian Season 3 as it's coming super, super soon. And can't wait for that. And until next time, as always, we have spoken. Spoken.